0: Welcome to NREI's Common Area Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning editorial staff at nreionline.com. Let's jump right into this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Common Area with your host, David Bodemer. Let's dive into this week's story. Good afternoon, David. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing this week?
0: I am doing fantastic. It is 2020 and uh, yeah. I'm excited to still be here. This is good stuff.
1: <laughs> Made it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I made it. Woohoo. Yeah. Nine-year-old <laughs> self is like really excited that I made it to this day because it means all sorts of futuristic things from the Jetsons, right? Yeah. So. Exactly.
1: <clears throat> Roaring 20s 2.0.
0: Ah, nice. I like that. I haven't heard that yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna write that one down. So, all right. <laughs> so what are we talking about today?
1: So today, um basically ever since President Trump has been elected, periodically we've done some surveys with our audience to gain some insights as to how commercial real estate pros feel about the president and his agenda and specifically some, we also asked some specific questions around how they feel his presidency has affected the industry. We actually didn't do, haven't done this with previous presidents, but one of the reasons we did it with Trump is because he originally came from the industry. So we thought it would be interesting to see how, the industry he started with was going to view his his presidency. So and th- so we've done this I, I think this is the sixth time. We did it more often in the first couple of years, but it's actually been almost a year since since the last time we actually we actually queried our audience. So just given the but you know given we, we chose now largely because of you know on the heels of impeachment we wanted to see what was yeah. happening then but the the pace of the world right now is just is, is just so crazy that we mostly conducted the survey before he, he ordered the strike that killed general suleimani
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think that's just important context because so so we grabbed a picture of how people were feeling kind of end of December into early January and kind of just cut off before that event happened so any any changes in people's opinion. Based on that event, are not captured in this survey. So I think that's just like important context.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, and, and I find it interesting. You said it's been about a year. Or so uh, looking back at maybe last January and February is when you ran your last one, if I'm not mistaken. And right. you know, and December was a really tough month financially for the market, at least. I mean, it was a, a quick down and quick up right around Christmas, and so people were kind of wait a second, what are we going to do? And I know that that kind of trickles over a bit into you know the, the real estate area as well. So I'm really interested because just this entire last year, they've had an entire year to think about it. Then you get the impeachment stuff and, and all right. the things that go with that. Yeah. We're talking politics, Dave. Why are we doing this today? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go.
1: So with all that, and then I think the other important piece of context for our surveys, we, we do ask people their political affiliations. You know, obviously we're not like a a hardcore polling agency where we're doing Specific samplings and all this. So, we're, we're just relying on people to, to come back and, and and answer us. But we get super high response rates whenever we do this. We got over 700 responses in like wow. just a couple of days. Of that, the average age of respondents is 56 and a half years old. So, and just over 40% identify as Republican, only 17% identify as Democrat. And then the other 40% or so identify as independents. Really? So, yeah, so that's obviously a different profile than if you were just doing like a general population or if you were trying to capture the electorate. So we're talking about the commercial real estate industry. That doesn't surprise me that much, you know, just that this industry t- tends to be more more Republican. And I think the, I would hazard to guess a lot of the people that identify as independents are lean Republican, if not, identify as Republican. That's yeah, they, why,
0: they were Republicans until Trump. <laughs> now they're like, eh, I'm an independent. Yeah. Yeah, right, we
1: get it. it we certainly, get it. you know, no judgment. some of that happening in the world. <laughs> so I think that, I mean, that's interesting context because, okay, this is a audience that skews Republican, definitely doesn't skew Democrat. I mean, fewer than 20%. Mm-hmm. I think then when you sort of see the approval ratings, it's like taking that into account. Yeah. Given that this is our audience, what we've you know, found is that generally he has a positive approval rating in the industry, um, higher than, in the general than what you'll see in any of the, you know, approval polls that Gallup or anybody will do. In this current one, he had a, a net approval of, you know, 48 and a half percent approve of the, of his performance versus 44% that disapproved. So it's like a slight, you know, four percentage point or so net approval rating. But I think what's the most interesting is like, if you, if we look back over time at the approval rating, the first two times we did this survey, which was like, Back in 2017, right after he took office, but important, and I think most importantly, was before he got the tax reform bill pushed through, he had pretty low approval ratings, even among this audience, mm-hmm. uh, below 30 uh, percent approval, and then fairly high, you know, 60 percent. Once the Tax Cut and Jobs Act got through, I think a lot of people in this industry were like, "Okay, that was th- that was the most important thing that we wanted to see him do." He got it done. There were some Specific things in that bill that were very you know that that were good for commercial real estate. So ever since then, his approval rating, when we've asked, has been clo- you know over forty percent, close to fi- sometimes close to fifty percent. Mm. All right, so that's where we sit today. So then you know, given the news of the day, we wanted to see how people felt about impeachment, which was again kind of an interesting response to that. I mean, not terribly different from the overall approval, but like forty percent said they approve of the impeachment versus 53% who disapprove. Hmm. Although, I think it's still kind of... I mean, it's almost a 50-50 split. So, yeah, even in our audience. And then, f- asking who thought he should actually, you know, if, whether they improved the impeachment, then also ask, well, do you think he should further be removed from office? Uh, 44% are, are in favor of his removal, versus 56% who are against. Pretty, almost the same numbers. Just yeah. like a, There's like a 3%. I guess there's like this... gap that think he should be impeached, but not removed, but everybody, you know, everyone, everything else is fairly consistent. Hmm. I think, you know, outside of like the macro you know, outside of those macro events, the other piece of it is then stuff that we're interested in that we've asked a lot about is, okay, well, how do you feel about his legislation? How do you feel about his legislative agenda as it pertains to our industry? This time we asked, uh, uh, you know, what do you think about the tax reform bill and, you know, do you still, are you still happy with it at this point on that front? He gets pretty, you know, over 50%, pretty much across the board. People, you know, think only 15% disapprove of his agenda as it pertains to our industry, 50, 53% support it. And then another 33% are neutral. So, but there's very few people, I think, you know, I think who are sitting in, in the commercial real estate world, and thinking about the things that there are, are important, which would you know include taxation, includes infrastructure, I guess immigration to some extent, just given like where it may may affect some late, you know pockets of labor in the industry, mm-hmm. and generally generally there's net approval, fairly strong net approval on that front for the Trump administration. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I mean it sounds to me like the 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 lower percentage, fifteen percent or so you said, and I'm not gonna speculate too much, but either they're they're letting personal feelings get in the, you know, kind of get into this survey where they just don't approve of Trump as a as a person or as a human being or as a president, um, and maybe not taking just this, just your industry into true account, or they have very specific lines that they're looking for, very specific things that they're looking to have done that haven't gotten done yet. And that's what they're waiting for to to say any kind of approving message. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Because I think the, the couple areas that come up where where there is a little bit more negativity around his legislation is there's still a lot of mixed views on tariffs. And obviously, I think mm, tariffs mm-hmm. have then some some effect on the industry. Our industry is not particularly pro-tariff. So, that could be an issue. So, I think, like, you know, for some people, it might be, like, okay, unbalanced, like, happy with the tax cut, not happy about the tariffs, but maybe net positive. But then, like, other people might be, no, I'm net neutral. Like, giving those. You know, I guess it depends on how much you weigh each of those things. Mm -hmm. The the other thing that he's been doing, you know, for the past, I don't know, year at least, is, you know, he's been tweeting and making comments directly trying to influence (laughs) what the Fed is doing. And that obviously will affect commercial real estate because, you know, interest rates have a huge impact on this industry. And on that point in particular, more than half of our respondents don't actually not, don't think, don't approve of the way that he's doing that. So they're not happy that he's tried to influence the Fed's decision and only 25% approve of the efforts. So I think you can then, yeah, have people who are like generally happy with the tax reform, maybe mixed on tariffs, but then, you know, maybe he not really you know, he shouldn't be doing some of the things he's doing. The Fed should be independent. And he kind of, like, put all those things together. Then you get your, I think that then that feeds into how you answer this question of, like, how do you feel about his overall agenda for our industry, right? I mean, that's 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 kind of, like, how I look at these numbers and sort of, you know, reconcile, like, where some of the moves, you know, where some of the movement is and so where some of the differences are, like, you know, net approval versus approval on legislation versus approval on these specific issues.
0: Yeah. I, and, and this is just my personal thought, David, I don't know of, I think there's only one person, if you want to call it a person that's happy that, that Trump tweets anything and that's Twitter.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think Twitter Jack is the only Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: Twitter the only one that is happy that he has not a Twitter account at all because he drives a lot of traffic to him. So good for them. But yeah. And <laughs> just, yeah. But that's just my personal view. I don't, there, there may be a percentage out there that just absolutely loves his tweets.
1: You know, who knows? Whether there are. <laughs> but, you know, we ask some, um, but, but we get, you know, we also, we don't, we can't publish them all, but we do ask some like open-ended comments, you know, tell us what you think. And mm-hmm. the story has a couple of those, but we get like sentiments like that too. Just exactly what you just said. Uh, people being like, I'm pretty happy with them, but I wish you wouldn't tweet so much. <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> like, that kind of just makes everything crazy. You know, yeah. like if he just focused on... These X, Y, and Z, you know, things would be a little bit more settled. So, I mean, we we like we've had comments around, along pretty consistently when we do these surveys that definitely seemed sentiment along those lines.
0: Yeah, I, I think if, if we could do a little less tweeting and a little less golf, we'd get a little bit more work done. But that's just me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. you know, just to to put a button on the on the the specific area of like our industry and in Trump. The other big one that really hasn't gone anywhere is infrastructure. Mm. That's, you know, when we, 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 one of the questions we've asked is like, what are the top three issues you think that the president should be focused on? Infrastructure is like always number one for our audience. Yeah. Oh, like we, you know, we want an infrastructure bill because obviously improving the country's infrastructure has clear implications for real estate. You know, like if you improve access to, you know, areas or if you improve highways, you, you know, That creates may create new development opportunities or may improve property value. So there's all sorts of ways that why that would make sense, and even even investment opportunities potentially. Given the way that you know, like the way that he's originally talked about an infrastructure plan, it was this idea of public-private partnerships, using some you know creating some incentives, creating some financing structures to help fund private investment in real estate. That might create an opportunity for real estate somebody who does real estate to, you know, get into maybe some kind of like, you know, infrastructure play or some, you know, helping to to develop something that's that's not pure commercial real estate, but maybe some overlap. And so I think people saw those kind of opportunities or, you know, saw that sort of potential. And it just hasn't gone anywhere. You know, like it's there's never there it just never has been it's never come to fruition. There's mm-hmm. no legislation. Like other than ideas, the sketched out ideas that kind of keep being brought up every so often. There's no concrete legislation that's being worked on or being making its way through through Congress, so it just doesn't seem like that's going to get done. Yeah. Even though that that for you know for our audience that would be an important thing. Aside from that, I think then the other there's like a length. I'm not going to go through it, but like in the the, the, the write up we did on this is fairly long. So if people go to you know nreionline.com per usual, they can find the story. And there's probably there's about a dozen charts with. All of these data points and showing how the sentiments have shifted over time. I think one one of the more interesting ones, it's like a giant giant graph, the one about the three which three issues are most important. Because you could see on certain questions, like you know, infrastructure is always important. So he's like always sixty percent to seventy percent of respondents saying that's mm-hmm. important. Healthcare, pretty important. I mean that's I think that's obviously not really specific to commercial real estate, but that's obviously an important issue to Americans, just getting getting some kind of healthcare, you know, it fixes into the system. Yeah. So that's up there. Then on some of these other questions, like, there's been a lot of shifting over time. <laughs> tax reform started off pretty high. Then tax reform got done. So obviously that's less important. But, you know, still mm-hmm. some people, like, want some more done there. But, it like, it went from being about 70% saying that's top issue to about, like, 20% saying and now it's an important issue. Flip side, you know, the the people answering immigration has shifted. Like, at one point it was... Barely anybody thought that was important. Then it kind of went up and then it's kind of come back down again. People talking about debt, the the whether, you know, the you know, the federal debt and whether that should be addressed at the beginning of his presidency, that was not a top 3 issue for her for a lot of people. Now it's like I think up in the current survey it was almost 30 40, somewhere between 30 and 40% now concerned about the debt. So none of these are the most important issues received the most response in our survey, but just seeing how People's sentiments have shifted over the six times we've done the survey. I think was probably one of the more interesting things that we found.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. David, as as I was reading this report, it each, (laughs) thought I thought it was interesting. People even made comments. And and if you if you're listening to this podcast right now, you got to go read this entire thing. I mean, there's so much good information in here. But people actually made comments also about climate issues affecting real estate, and I never really thought about sure, long-term, if the, the planet dies off, yes, nobody needs a place to live and then, you know, <laughs> there's nobody around. So, but uh, I think one of the quotes was along the lines of his climate ignorance threatens us all. <laughs> like, Wow, that's, that's a really strong statement. But yeah. who, do you see that when you are, you know, talking to your peers? Is there a lot of concern about him not addressing climate change or climate, anything to do with the climate when it comes to real estate itself? Do you really see that?
1: You know, interestingly, I don't know how widespread it is, but I, I have heard, there, there was a, a recent conference I was at, a fairly large investor, was talking about how they're no longer, like, they're not, gonna buy, they're not buying any property in Florida anymore, and they're right. also very hesitant about investing in Houston and New Orleans, several markets that are at the most risk of near-term effects from rising sea levels or intense weather events. Mm -hmm. So, at least, you know, I wouldn't say that I would think that that's a majority sentiment at this point in terms of how people are making decisions, but it's definitely in the market. And at least this one investor was, their investment thesis included factoring in which markets are most and least likely to be affected in the near term as to where they're going to buy property. In our in our survey, we didn't ask that as a specific issue. That's actually a good idea, I think, for if we you know do another one of these before the election, uh, maybe to include a question about climate change. And it's, I feel like it's like such a weird discussion in in the U.S. because like uh, in a lot of cases, like we're still stuck at this weird debate about whether or not it's happening. And mm-hmm. if you look at most other countries, that's not the debate. The debate is what to do about it, and basically how. More market-based or or state-based solutions, some mix of both. How fast do we need to move? I feel like in in a lot of places, like the, the left side of the debate is, you know, we need to take drastic action, and then the right side is we can't affect the economy. You know, like we, we yes, but we have to do so in a way that won't damage the long-term economic prospects of the country at the same time. Like that's kind of the stakes of the debate, and here we're not even having it like that way. We're having it as we're still like, is it happening or not? So, although, but I think. There are a lot of people that are a lot of investors who are not, who don't think that it's, who know that it's a real thing. And Mm -hmm. if not being vocal about it, at least they're trying to figure out how to, how it's going to affect what they're doing with their, with their capital.
0: Well, we, we can, uh, we can start the whole conspiracy theory right here with finding out how much of. California does Trump own that is on <laughs> the east side of the San Andreas Fault because sea levels rise, pressure on the tectonic plates. It's, it's Superman all over again, right? Yeah, I was the, saying, the,
1: this is the, the premise the, of Superman 2. Exactly.
0: <laughs> hello. You know, you, you let the sea levels rise to a point, it pushes the tectonic plate. The San Andreas Fault goes. Everything yeah. to the west is underwater and you got beachfront property everywhere. Right. I, I just think so we need to look into that. Maybe that's where he's yeah. investing all his money and that's, you know, he's the grand mastermind because if you remember Lex Luthor, Luther was also bald, right? He wore a toupee yes. and yes. there's been rumors. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know if it's real or not. But, I'm not going mean, to check that.
1: Yeah. But Superman <laughs> two is, is one of the, one of the most underrated real estate movies of all time. <laughs> that's
0: exactly it. That's, that's everybody's <laughs> homework. Now <laughs> listening to this podcast, learn from Superman two. So, yeah. or. I mean, it us. actually
1: is something I wanted, we may like, may want to get into for a future episode is it would be like the top five movies where commercial real estate is a big plot point.
0: Yeah. Like a Twister,
1: one. right. Twister's yeah, gotta Twister. be in there.
0: You know, it's wiping Dunn the Gary, clean.
1: Glenn Ross is all about, you know, real estate. There's a few others, but like it, that could be a fun, a fun discussion for, uh, for another time.
0: I'll look forward to it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts for today's podcast?
1: Obviously, you know, politics stirs, People's opinions, you know, so if, um, if people have questions or comments about that story, people can leave comments at, on our site or shoot us, you know, shoot me an email, find us on Twitter, any of that, you know, any of that good stuff.
0: Yeah. And, and if you're listening to this right now and you have a really good idea for us to do a podcast on instead of doing movie reviews. Sure. Yeah. Email. <laughs> email. Give, yeah. give us a suggestion. What do you, what do you want to learn about? What do you want to, what do you want us to discuss? on the podcast that you can point to and that you can learn from. We'd we'd love to entertain those ideas. So uh, make sure you email those ideas in as well. David, thank you so much for your time today. This was fun.
1: All right. Thank you. I never knew politics
0: was going to be fun to talk about, but you know, (laughs) learn something new every day. Again, everybody out there listening. Thank you for listening to the common area podcast with David Bodimer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below this way. When David comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at NREI, this is Eric Johnson inviting you back in two weeks for all the stories that matter to you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Common Area Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of NREI or Informa. The content has been made available for information and educational purposes only.